Well, amen and amen. And good morning, everyone. And thank you so much for being here at New Ridge Fellowship. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Yala, the lead pastor. And I want to welcome all of you. Not only am I a veteran, but I was also in the marching band back when years ago in the Reading Marching Band. And so today's service, when you got veterans and you got a, mar- I mean, not a marching band, but you got an alumni band. Oh, I love it so much. So please give them another round of applause, please. Thank you. So we're in our current series that is titled Thanks and Giving. And every week we've talked about a topic. And this week, you know, normally on Sunday mornings, people who are serving and they're at their post, they usually will see me go by, either shake their, their hand or wave at them and say, thank you for serving. And so today, as we uh, honor the the veterans, I want to say thank you so much for your service. And what a combination also for me today when we're talking about those who are, we're saying thank you as military, but also thank you for those who serve in our church. And sometimes when people come into church, uh, it it happened last week and it happens on a regular basis. One of the, the new people came in and he says, man, I've never shaken so many hands in a church. You know, we're, we're known as a welcoming congregation, and part of that is saying thank you and greeting you and providing you with, a, you know, a, either coffee or a, a gift at the end of the service. But here's the part. Sometimes people, when they say this is a, a great church, this is a welcoming church, but in, in reality, and I've heard other pastors say this, uh, people think of the church more like a cruise line. All right, you, you sign up, you know, you go to the church, you know, and then, and then you, they, they say, okay, well, this is the location you go to. If you want some coffee or hot chocolate or coffee, follow me, follow me over here. And, and they'll be able to guide you to those moments and, and those locations. But in reality, as others have people have shared, is that the church is not really a cruise line. It's more of a battleship. All right? And there's battles that go on on a regular basis, but especially when it comes to churches. And I want to share with you at least two of the battles that our church went through back in 2019 leading up to that. We had four worship services. We had one on Saturday night. We had three on Sunday morning. And then and we were averaging about 800 people on every weekend on site. And then when COVID happened in 2020... And then that was a battle in itself because no one ever dealt with that before. So I couldn't go to any other church and say, hey, how did you deal with it last, you know, a, a pandemic? But no. And so what I found myself in as a, the church being a battleship is that people were able to go and try to man their stations. However, we, were, we didn't know where the wave was coming. And in fact, um, years ago, when I was in Columbia, Pennsylvania, I had a children's ministry that was titled Kids Galaxy. And many of you know this. I'm saying this more from the, the new people. Is that we, the, the, it was called Kids Galaxy, where you would, the, the cadets will, will uh, fly through the night, you know, and, and navigate through the drama, through the crafts, through this. And then they called me Captain Ricky. All right? And so Captain Ricky is to be able to help them and guide them. And I thought about the church, as, again, as that battleship, not a cruise line, but either one or another. There's usually a captain or that, that leads and helps and others that come alongside of them. So I, I brought a chair here for a moment. Just the analogy of a battleship. As a captain, the one that leads the ship, you know, it's to be able to sit down because they're able to see what's happening and be able to provide uh, directives to others that are coming along them, whether it's the, in our church, whether it's the staff, uh, leadership council, trustees, or volunteers. But when it came time for 
the COVID, you, you, you probably saw when those, who, those of you who were here, you probably didn't see me too, uh, too much in the captain's chair. Where was I? I was actually, I felt that I, I was in the engine room putting out fires. And so, but the engine room, okay, you got this fire while this fire is going, another one starting up, you know, and, and, and it's like, oh, so I was not over in the captain's chair. And like any storm and any battle, when you're dealing with, whether it's a cruise line, whether it's a battle, you know, you've heard of people going overboard. And on, uh, in this analogy, we know that when people were feel, feeling that the, the, the wave or the, the storm and, and it was too rocky, some had bailed out. But I could not see them as well because I was in the engine room putting out fires. And then by the time that everything happened, that, that we had four services. And then from four services, we went to no services. And everything uh, was online, if you remember those, those moments. It's like, what are we going to do? But, but here's it. We kept on praying. We kept on, okay, let's, let's make adjustments. Let's see what we got to do. And it was a storm. It was a battle. But it came to a point that we started with one service. And then we opened up the second service and then the third service. And so all of a sudden it came to a point that, oh, let me sit back down in the captain's chair. Oh man, is this how it feels like? Oh, okay, all right. And all of a sudden in the midst of after COVID, I look to the horizon and I see another dark cloud coming at us. I'm like, oh Lord, I just rested. Right? And, and this storm that's coming, and it's, it's, it seems it's too late for us to veer off one way or another. We seems like we have to hit it straight on. And I remember one of the sermons that I used in an anal- another analogy of uh, whitewater rafting where I went to. And the instructor had mentioned, if, you're, if, if you seem like the, the rapids are taking you and you see a boulder, do not lean back. Lean forward. First of all, I thought the instructor was a little crazy, all right? But then he kept on saying that if you lean backwards, the percentage of it flipping over exponentially increases. So what you do is that you lean towards the boulder that you're going to hit. So what I remember vividly as I spoke to the congregation, those of you who were here, and I said, we're going to have to hold hand in hand if we can. Let's clap our hands together more of a prayer, and we have to lean in and hit this. And what we had to hit was the disaffiliation. And what a battle that was. And so I found myself more on the captain's chair because then leadership council and the trustees, the staff, and the volunteers who stepped up and said, what do you need? And so I saw myself more, okay, this is what we're going to take place. This is what we need. This is what's happening. Okay, go ahead and execute, right? Uh, uh, everybody at the battle stations and, and do what you have to do in the midst of all that. Let's continue praying. Let's continue seeking the Lord's direction. And then, whew, May 19th happens. May 19th is when the annual conference voted for five churches, us being one of them, to disaffiliate. And I was like, Whew. you see, you got to understand that I had to tell the denomination that I was going to continue on with the church. And, I was, and then they told me I have to give them my credentials to, I can no longer be a pastor for the denomination. And so when ni- the May 19th came and the hands almost unanimously went up, I'm at the captain's chair. 
Those were two as I saw the storms. But what happens in our lives when we don't see a storm coming? You see, I was able to say, thank God, you know, we're able to do what we needed to do. September 30th will be our official disaffiliation date and we'll launch as New Ridge Fellowship on October 1st and the, and, and the list can go on and on. And I was, but here's the part, on a regular basis, on our daily battles that we have in our lives, there came a point that, there comes a point that I normally say a prayer to God and I say, God, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for that, especially as I'm leading up to the, the, the day I'm gonna be serving. Right, whether it's a regular day of work or the uh, coming to church, like this morning, I'm praying for all of you. Now, I'm not saying by name, right? Each and by name, but I'm saying, God, I pray that everyone who comes on site and those who are watching online, let them be blessed by the service, and Lord, let them be moved by the Holy Spirit to be convicted for the, to convict them, and that they'll be able to get co- get closer to you. Those are the type of uh, prayers I do, but I, this is one prayer I normally do on a regular basis, God. Help me prepare for the unexpected. And so not only from 2019, excuse me, 2020 when we had the COVID, and then after that 2022 when we had to go to the disaffiliation, where here I am in the captain's chair, okay, let's, let's move forward. The unexpected loss of my son on June 29th, which I was never ready for, or our family. I was no longer in the captain's chair again. But here's what happened, here's the difference. The staff elevated their responsibilities, the leadership council elevated their responsibilities, the trustees elevated their responsibilities. People said, what do we need? And if you don't know this, I was out for two months being with my family as we grieved the loss of my son. I'm not saying that the grieving has stopped, but I'm saying is when I, I was able to come back on the September 10th and almost, you know, when I say this, it, I don't take this uh, lightly, that I was able to get back into the seat and to know that it was still there. It was the battle that all of you went through without the captain, me, in the chair. But in reality, you've always known that I, as as a person, I want to lead you in the very best way possible, where I believe that Lord is leading us. But in reality, even when me physically was not on the chair, we know who was. Amen. So I didn't forget about scripture, okay? I'm going to invite you to please open up to the book of Ephesians. Because on our battles, our daily battles, there are, there are battles, but you think that most of the time it's the battles, you know, whether it's with somebody you know, or a battle at work, or, or at home, or in school, whatever it may be. But we also got to keep in mind as Christians, there is a spiritual battle that goes on on a daily basis and not just on Sunday mornings. I'm not talking about Sunday mornings when there's a battle, whether what kind of clothes you're going to put on or what, the, what route you're going to take to church. I'm not talking about those type of battles or even the battles that uh, my hair is not combing the, the way that I want it to. Not, not those type of battles. I'm talking about the spiritual battles. And, but I love that the Lord provides us with something that we can put on. And you're probably familiar with this passage in Ephesians chapter six, beginning on verse 10. If you have your Bible, um, I'm reading from the NIV translation. So you may have a different translation, but you may follow along. Beginning on verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
for the struggle is for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Here's our battle. Therefore, put on the full armor, armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes. I want to share that again. But when, sometimes people say, if it comes, let me tell you something. If Jesus had to go through the devil's schemes of being tempted three times on, in the book of Luke chapter four, it's uh, in verse 13, it says that the devil left him until another opportune time, another day of opportunity, right? So on the temptations that you may have, you may say, okay, I already went through that temptation and I overcame it, but doesn't mean just because a temptation at that very moment on that, uh, on that, on that day, on that specific time, if you overcame it, it doesn't mean that it's going to come in another direction. So when, when the day of evil comes, the scripture is saying, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. For this is... With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Normally, I would have stopped there, but in these type of cases and the examples that I just gave you about this church specifically going through those battles, I also join what the apostle Paul said, pray also for me. That whenever I speak, the words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am ambassador and change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So here we have the scriptures that are saying, look, you can be able to put on the armor of God. And why do we put on the armor of God? Because of those battles that are happening on a daily basis, especially in the spiritual realms. I want you to go to the first Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. Last week I said, uh, I have the privilege of having these uh, winky dinks. And then someone said, uh, you're talking about bookmarks? <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just escaped my mind. You know, you know these uh, winky dinks. Anyway, bookmarks. All right. <laughs> First Peter chapter 5, beginning on verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Here it is again under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. On verse 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm, again, another passage, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. 
And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. So we have to stand firm. And I love the description saying in due time. What does that mean? I wish I knew when the moment was. But in due time, God is able to lift you up when we are down and out. When we feel like we have been beaten up left and right by the waves and the storms of life. And therefore, in due time, that you'll be able to stand firm. And then as the scripture ends, it says that the power be to God forever and ever. When we have as a battleship and people are saying, you know what? I, I, I know I no longer can utilize church as a cruise line. We know that just because we give our life to Christ doesn't mean that everything's going to go okay. There's still going to be battles. And I truly believe there's going to be more battles because the devil doesn't want people to be following God. And so therefore, he's going to provide schemes throughout. And so therefore, that's why we are putting on God's armor. And we're putting on God's armor when anytime you're going into battle, speak to any of the veterans. If they have, you know, experienced the, the, the moments of war, that they have been battle tested. When it's a battle test that they have gone through war and they have survived it, whether it's individual or as an equipment, this has been battle tested. And if you speak to any of our leadership council members who, do, who were able to help me out through the disaffiliation process, they have their, their armor has been dinged left and right, and they were battle-tested, and they stood firm because they knew what we needed to do to continue following Christ. And so therefore, in our lives, we're like, how do you do it? Didn't you go through this part of battle before? It's like, yep, because I went through it and I got all the hurts and the, and the waves were coming left and right, but I still stood firm. And because of that experience, I'm able to stand again. But we, amen. But ladies and gentlemen, we have to know that when it talks about battle tested, we have a great example in Jesus Christ. And the night before he gave himself up, he was in the, in, in the, in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible tells us that he was praying to God because there was a battle that was going on. It was no longer a battle of temptation. It was the battle of what he needed to do on the cross for you and for me. That he came to a point of the struggle and the battle that he told God the Father, take this cup away from me. Take it off. But then he said, but not my will, thine be done. And so therefore, when Christ died and he rose again, the battle scars, remember in scripture says that when he showed himself to the disciples, he said, look at my arms, that's battle tested. Look at my side, that's battle tested. Believe in me. Put on that armor. And I want to share with you something to say, well, what about, what, what did Jesus wear? Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't have to wear the armor of God because he was the armor of God. Think about this for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, is that when you're talking about the feet that were fitted for peace, Jesus is peace. When he said, look, the peace, I, I, I leave you peace. I give you peace, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
When it talks about salvation that he gave, that same father that he was praying on that night in the, in the, the garden of Gethsemane to take this away, this cup away from me, to let your will be done, that he was able to follow through to what he needed to do where his body was literally broken, that his blood was shed for our sins. And then he was able to say, here are the scars. Here are the scars to show you that all of a sudden now, you know, as I've shared before in, in previous weeks, that he now calls the keys of hell and death and is seated at the right hand of God and he's able to come before, well, when he comes back, oh, what a day that will be for those who love him with a salvation, the same father that he prayed to, amen, amen. The same father that he prayed to is the same father who gave his one and only son for those who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is a piece of the armor which Jesus is. And what about when it talks about truth? The scripture as he spoke and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one shall come to the father except through me. And then talk about the, the shield of faith, the, the, his faithfulness. That even when we fail, he remains faithful. The moments of the word of God, the, the scriptures in John, the gospel of John, it says that in the beginning, the word was God, the word was with God, and the word is God. And so therefore, when we think about the armor of God as not only taking on those pieces, you can say from this moment on that you are putting on Jesus in your life. So that way you are ready to go and serve and sign up the battlefield, the battleship to know what we are able to do because all the power and glory belongs to the almighty God, the one that was able to give, the one who took on our sin, that way we're no longer looking forward more towards death. But when we are, our physical bodies experience death that our spiritual body can say, we have life in Jesus. And therefore, there's no longer when you, we, you, you see each other, we'll see each other in heaven. I won't be saying, hey, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. I really believe that it'll be God that's going to say, thank you so much. You know, enter my kingdom, thy good and faithful what, ladies and gentlemen? Servant. Servant. Because of Christ, what Christ has done. And so that is my prayer for all of you, knowing that if you thought that the church was a cruise line, take that out of your mind. Take it off. And when you come in, be like, okay, God, where do you need me to serve? Because we know that we're in a battle, that the devil doesn't like it that we're even coming to church. The devil doesn't like it when we're giving our life to Christ because he's losing another one to hell. Ooh. And so therefore, in appreciation, let us give thanks. And by thanks, the expression of gratitude, we're able to give. Give up our time of our talents, be man your post, so when the battle comes, you are ready, and the, and the equipment and the, uh, what you put on is Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, we are thankful for your love, your grace, your mercy, your armor that is found in Jesus. We are thankful that you allow us to be in this place today as we honor those who are veterans and actively serving in our armed forces, Lord. Thank you for their sacrifice. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. 
We thank you that those who are serving on, on a praise team, on a Boyertown alumni band, for those who are serving as greeters and ushers, and the list can go on and on. We're thankful. Let us be ready as a church, as a battleship, Lord, and knowing that there are battles going on, especially in the spiritual realms, against that we can fight off against the devil's schemes, those fiery arrows that come our way, because we have Jesus with us. Lead us and guide us, Lord. We ask in his sweet name. The name that is above all other names, that is the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.